Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Monica, host of From Heartbreak to Healed. I'm a life coach for women. I'm a wife, a mama, a granny, and a Christian. I help women turn their heartbreak into joy. After walking my own infidelity journey, it has become my passion to help guide you on your journey. This podcast is for the woman who is ready to heal her heartbreak and find joy on the other side. Let's get started. If you've been listening to these podcasts in real time, this one is coming at you a few days late because my computer tried to go on the fritz. But I wanted to talk about loving yourself. I made a really vulnerable reel on Instagram yesterday sharing some parts of my infidelity story. And in that reel, I said something about learning to love myself more than he was ever capable of loving me. And I think that was one of the things that I did that led me to see that reconciliation was not going to be the right choice for me. And so I want to just talk about some ways to love yourself, whether that's in order to reconcile, whether that's in order to move on to divorce. That part doesn't matter. But learning to love yourself better than he could ever love you is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. So I have some ways that you can do that. And some of these I've talked about before, and they're going to be common themes I talk about all of the time. But the first one is being willing to feel your feelings. I just said this to one of my coaching clients yesterday, like, have you mourned the loss of the relationship? And so being willing to mourn the loss in the relationship, mourn the grief of the broken relationship, feel the anger, feel the bitterness, feel the resentment. There's so many emotions that come from infidelity. And oftentimes we try to ignore them. We try to push them away. We, you know, some women will sleep themselves out of feeling the feelings. They'll just get multiple partners and, you know, try to get dopamine hits from that. Some of us like to eat our way out of feelings. We we choose to get the dopamine hit from food. We get the dopamine hit from shopping. But... The problem is, if we don't feel the negative emotions, they just always keep coming back. So that's the first one. Being willing to feel your feelings, all of them, and learn to just sit in the yucky feelings. Sometimes what I like to do when I am trying to avoid one of those negative feelings is I have learned 
Number one, I've learned to identify when the negative feeling is trying to come and I'm pushing it away. So I don't push it away. And then I ask myself, what do you need? What do you need to love yourself right here, right now, in this moment, in this moment of feeling anger, in this moment of feeling frustration, in this moment of feeling loneliness? And intuitively, my body knows what it needs. Sometimes it's a good cry. Sometimes it's call my sister. Sometimes it's take a bath. Sometimes it's take a nap. But I intuitively always know what I need in order to be to love myself and to feel those feelings. So that's the very first one. Be willing to feel all of the feelings that are coming up. Number two, set boundaries. You don't have to answer, especially like, let's say you're separated and you're trying to figure this out. You don't have to answer the text message back as soon as it comes. You don't have to answer the phone when it's your time with the kids. You get to decide what the boundaries look like. If you're staying together and trying to reconcile, you can decide what are the boundaries for his phone? What are the boundaries for social media? What are the boundaries for him checking in? But setting boundaries is going to be the thing that you have to do in order to regain some trust, whether that's regaining trust in the relationship or regaining trust with yourself. For me, because I wasn't, because my relationship wasn't going to be reconciled, once I learned that, I had to learn to set boundaries for myself because I had to learn to trust my own intuition again. And I remember a therapist saying that to me, like, you've just lost your ability to trust your own intuition and you've got to work on getting that back. Because 99% of the time, your intuition will not steer you in the wrong direction. But in order to do that, you've got to create some boundaries. So whatever those boundaries are that you need to put in place. Number three is to allow rest. There is a lot of trauma that comes with infidelity, and there's a lot of healing that has to take place. And one of the things, this goes back to number one, feeling your feelings. One of the things that we do in order to avoid feeling our feelings is we just decide to get really busy. If we stay busy, we don't have to feel. So we say yes to all the things, we go out with all the friends, we sign our kids up for all the activities. But then it doesn't allow time for true rest. And I will say, this is one that I still struggle with. This is one that I did not do well with on my infidelity journey. I wish I had done better. I remember one time, One of my kids said to me, you know, mom, if you didn't take your schoolwork to bed with you, you might sleep better. Because I was taking my work to bed and working, grading papers, planning, whatever it was, literally until I fell asleep. 
and I'd wake up the next morning with the work laying right there beside me. That's not true rest. I would go to my kids' sporting events, and I would take work with me. I was forever, you know, I taught pre-K and I taught first grade. I was forever laminating and cutting out. And I, I couldn't even just sit at a sporting event and watch. I had to be working all the time. And so learning to allow rest will allow healing. Whatever rest looks like for you. Naps, sitting and reading a book, sitting on your porch on a rainstorm, being fully present in your child's sporting event. Whatever rest needs to look like for you, just be willing to allow some rest in your life. The next one, number four, nourish yourself. And I'm talking about nourishing yourself in all of the ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. How are you nourishing your spiritual life? Are you praying? Are you going to church? Are you in community with people with the same beliefs as you? How are you nourishing your physical body? I did not do a very good job of this for a long time. I used to joke and say that during my divorce that my four main food groups were Milky Ways, Hershey Kisses, Sweet Tea, and I can't remember what the what the fourth one was. But I lived off of those things for a long time. And I did not nourish myself well. Now, I was really good at learning to nourish myself with friendship. That one I got really good at. Because one of the other things I talked about in this reel yesterday that I put up was I had hid myself from the world because it was easier to hide from the world than to think that somebody might know my secret. Somebody might figure out that my marriage is a complete sham. And so it was easier to just hide. I'd hide behind my children. I'd hide in my home. I didn't show up on social media. But once I got free from that relationship, I wanted friends. And so I nourished myself with really, really good friendships. I nourished myself with physical movement. I picked up running and that became a lifeline for me. And I've talked about that in a previous episode. But I sometimes think I'm still paying the price for not nourishing myself physically with food because it's done a lot of damage on the inside of my body that I'm still trying to repair. So just take the time and energy to nourish yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I had a therapist and then I hired a life coach and that helped with the mental part of nourishing myself. I started going to chapel once a week. I started reading the Bible. I got very consistent on going to church. And so I nourished myself spiritually in those ways. 
I've learned how to feel every emotion life throws at me. This journey of nourishing myself emotionally has been a process, but it's been so worth it. And um, it is the thing for me that a life coach has really changed in my life. So nourish yourself. Number five, stop comparing. Stop comparing your relationship to somebody else's. Stop comparing her to you. Stop comparing your mothering to someone else. Stop comparing how well you're handling the situation or not handling the situation. Nobody's story is the same as someone else's. Your story and your journey is completely unique to you. And when you compare it to someone else's, you rob yourself of the joy that you can find in your own journey. You know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. It is. And the only thing comparison does is it robs us of the ability to find joy in our life. And if this journey has taught me anything, it's taught me that suffering and joy coexist if you're willing to look for it. So don't compare yourself to your friend's journey. Don't compare yourself to the mom who's got this great marriage and super supportive husband and all the ways she's able to show up. Just stop comparing. Because I promise, if you can stop comparing, your life will get richer. It will have more joy. It will have more meaning. So just block out everybody else and just stay focused on you. Your healing, if you're a mama, on taking care of your children. If you're reconciling your relationship, on reconciliation. If you are ending the relationship, on healing your trauma. Just get so hyper-focused on taking care of you, of on nourishing yourself, that you don't have the time or the energy to compare. Number six. Learn to have self-compassion. Another great gift that my life coach has gifted me. The ability to look back on that girl and instead of seeing this weak person who couldn't leave, you know, this girl who who wasn't brave enough to say, I've had enough for a lot of years, I see a girl who did the best she could. I see a girl who walked through fire to try to hold her family together. And I have so much compassion for her now. I hated her for a long time. I was so mad at her. Like, you're so weak. You weren't brave. You didn't have the courage to stand up for yourself or to fight for yourself. And then even when I, after I asked him to move out and I started to realize that I probably didn't want him to come back, I still was mad at myself. You should have tried harder. You should have done everything you could to keep this family together. This is what your children deserve. No. No. Your children deserve a mom 
who has self-compassion for herself. A mom who's willing to say when she's made mistakes, but also give herself grace and forgiveness when she did the best she knew how to do. Have you forgiven yourself? Are you willing to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive yourself? Do you have grace for who you were even just five days ago, five minutes ago? Do you see her and think, she did the best she could. I look back at her now. I see pictures pop up on social media. First of all, I don't recognize that girl. And secondly, when I look at her and I look in her eyes, I think, honey, you fought so hard and you did so good. And I'm so grateful for you. But man, am I so glad I'm not you anymore. Am I so glad I found my voice? that I have found joy and passion and meaning in my life, that I was willing to open my heart up to be loved again. And I can have room for both in my life, for the ability to love who I was and love who I am. And listen, if you don't love who you are right now, then learn to have some some self-compassion for who you are, but at the same time, decide you uh, want to be different. You get to be whoever it is you decide you are. I'm still working on myself. I'm still not who I want to be. I still have so much work to do, but I don't beat myself up over that. I'm grateful for the girl who just keeps trying who keeps showing up, who's willing to be vulnerable, who's willing to be hurt in order to be who God has called her to be. So give yourself some self-compassion. Okay, and the final one, number seven, is have fun. Listen, I'm still working on this one. It is a work in progress for me. My husband and I both are not super great at learning to have fun. We can be kind of boring, but I'm working on it. I will say, I did do better when I was a single mom. I had friends over a lot. I hosted. I did things that were fun to me. I would sometimes do things that were fun and people wouldn't recognize me because that isn't who I've, I've never been the fun one. And that's the story I carried around a lot. Well, I'm just, I'm just not a fun, I'm just not the fun type of person. I'm not a fun personality. That's bull. You can be fun if you want to be fun. There's no personality type that you have to be to have fun. And you get to decide what fun is. Right now, in this life, in this moment, fun for me is hanging out with my kids, taking my girls to Starbucks, getting my family to go on a hike with me or go on a little canoeing trip. 
It's going on date nights with my husband. It's reading a book on my porch. So whatever fun is for you. Listen, I had a little spell where fun was going out and drinking too much with my friends. And that was fun while it lasted. And it served me in that time. But that would not be fun for me anymore. That would be torture. Fun is asking another couple friend to go out to dinner with us. So whatever fun is for you, have more of it. Do more of it. Because we only get this one life. And while there's suffering in this life, there's so much more than suffering here too. All right, so we're going to feel our feelings. We're going to set boundaries. We're going to allow rest. We're going to nourish ourselves. We're going to stop comparing. We're going to spend some time on self-compassion. And we're going to have a boatload of fun. People ask me all the time, how do you heal from this? This is how you heal from this. You heal by learning to love yourself better than anybody else could ever love you. And when I learned to love myself better than he had ever loved me, I realized I didn't want to love him anymore. That's when I knew it was time for a divorce. And now I have a husband who loves me in ways I never knew could be possible. And yet, and yet, I still love myself more than he could ever love me. And that is how you heal on this journey. So go love yourself in all the ways, because I promise you, it will be worth it. That wraps up today's episode. I would love for you to leave a rating with a review. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the other ways that you can hang out with me. If you're looking for more one-on-one help in your healing journey, I'm opening a few more spots for coaching. You'll get 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching with me specific to your needs. You will also get a copy of my Joy Creator Journal, which is literally worth its weight in gold. Fill out the interest form in the show notes and I'll be in touch. Let's get you on the path to creating massive amounts of joy. Much love, Monica. And remember, joy comes in the morning.